This is Liam Hendricks and you're watching Crosstown Crosstalk on the Barroom Network. Some may find the following disturbing. Discretion is advised. Every summer in Chicago, the sunshine spotlights the city's spectacular skyline. It's luxurious lakeshore marvelous monuments, and the over 200 neighborhoods in the city. And it also brings to light two of the greatest sports franchises in the world. On the north side, it's the Cubs. On the south side, it's the White Sox. This is Crosstown Crosstalk. Hello, and welcome to another very exciting episode of Crosstown Crosstalk, presented by the Barroom Network. My name is Vinny Parisi, and I am extremely excited to be here with each and every one of you. Today, I'm going solo. The last couple weeks, we've had guests, great guests, Brian Knights, Aldo Gandia, guys like that, who know a bunch of stuff about the topics at hand. But, you know, the NFL draft was last week. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Obviously, the Bears had a very, very good draft. In my opinion, I enjoyed some of the picks that they made. Um, you know, the, the running back from Texas, Roshan Johnson, I, I really like Darnell Wright as the first round draft pick, uh, an offensive lineman that the Bears so desperately needed. You know, I'm, I'm very happy with the way that the first round went for the Bears, and I hope all of you are too, and I hope you enjoyed all the shows that went with the draft here on the Barroom Network. If you missed them, make sure you go back and watch. I hopped in on the Saturday morning show right near the end of the draft and, you know, had a little chat with the guys. It was fun talking football with them, so... Make sure you go tune into all that stuff. And, man, now that the NFL draft is over, we're going to start seeing some of those free agents that, you know, need – they would have needed compensation going back the other way if they were to sign. Now some of those guys are probably going to start taking some deals here soon. So we got the schedule coming out. I believe the schedule is going to come out on the 11th. I don't know that for a fact, but obviously fun stuff going on in NFL land. Um, welcome to everybody in the chat. I hope each and every one of you are having a great day. Uh, Joe Mandel says almost not solo. Sorry, brother, man. That's okay. I was just seeing, cause I was missing from South Burbs Hitman on Monday because of obligations with the New Jersey devils in game seven of the first round. Um, I just missed talking white Sox with my friend. So that's why I, you know, the extension was a little extra today, but it is, you know, stuff happens and we'll be back on Monday night or South Burbs Hitman. Very much looking forward to that. Speaking of the White Sox, they just took a two nothing lead. I know some people listening on the audio are going to know the outcome of this game by the time the, you know, podcast comes out on um, Spotify and Apple and all that. And the Cubs, they're done. They lost to the Washington Nationals today by a score of four to three. Um, I believe if I am smart, which I'm, we all know I'm not, I believe that that was a recent bit of news, the fact that the Cubs just lost. I know they made a little bit of a comeback and whatnot, but obviously not enough of the, as they lose to the Washington Nationals. So, you know, disappointing little stretch here for the Cubs lately. But, you know, I think overall so far this season, most people would be happy with where they are right now. Um, slumping a little bit, obviously. That's 
three in a row, four in a row, two and two and eight in their last ten, three and seven in their last ten. I can't tell if this is updated or not yet since the score went final for the Cubs. I obviously have the standings right in front of me, but sometimes it doesn't change right away, right when you know scores go final and whatnot. But um, we'll see what happens in this White Sox game here today. Um, before we get into the nitty gritty of baseball talk and the conversations that I wanted to have here today, I want to wish everybody happy May the Fourth be with you. I know a lot of Star Wars fans here at the network enjoy the movies, the books, the video games, the shows. Um, I'm a huge fan. And I don't wear it on my sleeve the way I wear being a hockey fan or being a baseball fan on my sleeve. But deep down inside, at the core of me, is a huge Star Wars fan. And you know what? I think I have better connections in the real world with people who are Star Wars fans than I do with people who are sports fans. Most sports fans are kind of mean. You know, if you disagree with a take they have, they want your whole family dead. That's not really like that in Star Wars. Everyone kind of loves each other. And even though there are some complainers in the Star Wars community, everybody at the end of the day wishes they owned a lightsaber and could use the force to their advantage. <laughs> like Joey Parisi imitating the sand people. Um, that's great stuff. And you don't get people, you know, like that in other walks of life sometimes. It's obviously um really really cool and if you're in the chat right now and you're a star wars fan let me know your favorite star wars content it could be a movie it could be a lot of people would probably say the mandalorian these days i know there are a couple side movies rogue one is really near the top of the list for me that was a side star wars story that goes on in between episode three and episode four just one of my all-time favorite movies in general i actually watched the second half of it earlier today celebrating star wars day and i'm going to read some books that i got coming up i just got to help me prepare for the ahsoka tv show that's coming out later this year that's going to be pretty cool and it it's a story it's a three books that align with those tv show rebels so i'm very excited to get into that so enough nerdy talk for right now this isn't the nerdy show on the program even though i'm a big old nerd um crosstown crosstalk is about baseball and there are a couple conversations I was reading on Twitter.com, and you know I I poke my nose where it don't belong way too much when it comes to baseball conversation, and I started seeing people now that April is over. Obviously, the end of April is kind of like it's not like a milestone in an MLB season because really most teams are only like thirty games in, but I do think that when you end April. If you like where you are in the standings, chances are you're going to like where you are in the standings come October. Um, I, it's obviously not true for everyone. There are some teams that really hope it's not true. There are some teams that hope it really is true. And it kind of reminds me of like American Thanksgiving and hockey. Canadian Thanksgiving is way too early in the hockey season. Most teams have only played like four or five games by the time we get to Canadian Thanksgiving. But American Thanksgiving, I think if you're in a playoff spot by American Thanksgiving, you ended up making the postseason like 78% of the time. Something crazy like that. So, you know, I wonder how I wonder how that statistic is for the end of April. And now that we are at the end of April, heading into May, hope again, I said it before. Some teams are hoping that April showers bring May flowers, looking at a certain team in Chicago that plays on the southernmost part of the city. But <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. I'm gonna go through the top five most surprising teams, both positively and negatively and i'm hoping that carries in some good conversation here um if everybody in the chat has something they want to chime in with that who's surprised you who stinks and you thought they were going to be pretty good who's awesome and you thought they might suck 
I mean, just just tell me. I, I, it's not going to hurt my feelings. I know there's a team I cheer for that's probably number one on one of the two lists. Uh, one or two, because there's two candidates for the top two most disappointing teams in baseball. Um, but, you know, as Joe Mandel points out, the White Sox have 20 games versus sub-500 teams this month. That is what I like to hear. My only issue with the sub-500 teams this month is that includes the Houston Astros, I believe, and it might include the Guardians. It includes another team that was expected to be good but stinks. I can't remember who it is. I could actually probably find that for you like within seconds here. I got the whole schedule. Yes, Cleveland. They're counting Cleveland, and are they counting the Angels? Are the Angels under 500? They were a couple days ago. The Angels... The Angels are above 500 now, so they don't count on that list. But, yeah, I mean, you know what? Baseball's hard. It's not going to get easier, but it is going to get easier. It's not the Tampa Bay Rays and the Toronto Blue Jays for nine straight games, and I think that is a win for everybody. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll get to the White Sox in a minute. Top five most surprising teams in a good way. Now, some people are going to think my list is crazy, but I look at these five teams and I'm like, whoa. I did not expect you to be where you are. There's one team on there that I expected to be good, but not this good. Um, the rest of them I thought were all going to suck, and they've actually been very, very good. So we'll start off with number five, the Boston Red Sox. They are 18 and 14 at the time of this recording. Now listen, they're only fourth in the American League East, but let me tell you about the American League East. The American League East has five teams that are currently sitting above 500. It could be a division that ends the year where every team is over 500. I don't think I've ever seen that before. I'm curious if that has ever happened in Major League Baseball. It is obviously the only division with that distinction in all of baseball right now. Um, most, Actually, every other division has at least two teams under 500, except the American League East. Every single team is above 500. And every single team in the American League East, except one, is in a playoff spot right now, which is just crazy, crazy talk to think about. So the Boston Red Sox, they have just had some outstanding play this season. Um, obviously, their pitching staff came into this year not expected to be anything worthwhile. Like nobody came into this year and looked at their rotation and saw Chris Sale and Corey Kluber and any of those kinds of guys and said to themselves, whoa. Those are going to be our guys. Those are the the top guys in a rotation that is going to be competing for the playoffs this year. Well, I don't really know. I, I'm not sure how long it's going to sustain, but after April, I'm not going to lie. I'm really impressed with where the Boston Red Sox are right now. And guess what? If you're not watching this team right now, this Boston Red Sox team, they got a gentleman on the team that they just signed by the name of Masataka Yoshida. And Masataka Yoshida comes from Japan. And he has hit the ground running in Major League Baseball. He is the clear leader of the Rookie of the Year race in the American League right now, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, he's just one of those guys who comes over from Japan. You know, it happens with Cuba and Japan and the Dominican Republic, all these countries that pump out outstanding baseball players. Um, Yoshida is the next one that has just really, really, really been awesome. And I've enjoyed watching him. He's been leading a great Boston Red Sox offense to... You know, they're kind of on a little bit of a streak, too. I believe they won five in a row coming into today. So hopefully the Red Sox are able to keep that going. At number four on this list, 
the Texas Rangers. The Texas Rangers are currently 18 and 12, first in the American League West, as they prepare to kind of try and keep this going throughout the whole season. We've seen the Rangers do exactly what we've wanted the White Sox to do for all these years. I know we got a lot of Chicago fans watching, and they can probably relate to that. The Texas Rangers, they signed Marcus Semyon. They signed Corey Seager. Okay, that, that was their big two offseason acquisitions two years ago. And then this last season, they go out and get some pitching. Jacob deGrom, which I hope he's healthy. We'll see if he ends up coming back. But, I, I you know, he's somebody who's battled health issues for the last couple of years now. Hopefully he's okay with his arm. But And then they get Nathan Eovaldi as well. And their farm system's outstanding. Well, now they're 18 and 12, first in the American League West, um, challenging the Houston Astros, making things difficult for them. There are a couple other teams in the division that are hoping to you know, possibly make a run this season. But, you know, the Texas Rangers being first in the AL West on May the 4th, be with you, is outstanding for them. At number three, probably they're, they're not the most surprising team. They're probably the second most surprising team in terms of think they were actually good. But they're third on this list, and you'll see why in a minute. But they're 17 and 14 the Arizona Diamondbacks, second in the National League West. Um, they only trail the Los Angeles Dodgers in the division. And the Diamondbacks were not expected to be very good at all. I don't think they were expected to be like a basement team in Major League Baseball, but they weren't expected to be second in the NL West, you know, playing better than the Padres through the first 30 games of the season, playing better than the San Francisco Giants in the first portion of the season. The Colorado Rockies round out that division. That is just a disgusting disgrace of a team. That's a team that has a bad batting order, and it's so bad playing at Coors Field in half their games that their pitching rotation is probably a better asset of their team, and it that also sucks. So, like, I, I just can't believe what has happened to the – the Rockies, but the Diamondbacks, man, they don't care what people think. They're like, hey, we're 7-14 and 14 now. We got second in the National League West. We're competing for a wild card. We're competing for a postseason spot, and we're not going to take our foot off the gas all year long. Are they able to sustain it? I don't know. I think that's something that will be seen in due time, but as of right now, I have no reason to believe because the Dodgers didn't go all in this year. They're clearly all in on trying to get Shohei Otani because they didn't spend a boatload of money like they normally do during the offseason, so... But, you know, they still have Mookie Betts leading the way and, you know, other outstanding players on that team. So, you know, we'll see what happens in terms of the division race. But, you know, congrats to the Arizona Diamondbacks for being this good early in the season. Surprising team in a good way. Number two is the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Pirates, they took two out of three from the White Sox early in the season and people were pissed. Like, how do you lose to the terrible Pirates? They're so bad. And I'm like, well, are they actually bad? No, they are not. Not up to this point. They're 20 and 11 and first in the National League Central. Who would have thought that the Pittsburgh Pirates would lead the division that the Cubs are in on May 4th? That is just absolutely unbelievable. Brian Reynolds, Key Brian Hayes, guys like that, just outstanding. Just so good. And people are going to, I would want to play in Pittsburgh in the summertime. I really would. That's a beautiful ballpark. I, I think. The view from home play outward is the most gorgeous view of any baseball stadium in Major League Baseball, and nobody knows it. Nobody knows it. You can see the entire Pittsburgh skyline in the background. It's very similar to Wrigley, except the the 
the buildings you see out of Wrigley are a little bit smaller. Like there's actual like it's an actual like city skyline that you see outside of Pittsburgh's stadium. So it's just outstanding. And I love watching games there because it's so apparent how cool it is. But first in the NL Central for the Pirates are playing good baseball. Second most surprising team in baseball. Um, they're, they're the first most surprising in terms of teams being good. But this team that's number one, we knew they'd be good. But we didn't think they'd be this good. I'm telling you, they started the season with, I think it's 13 straight wins. Currently in first place in the American League East, the Tampa Bay Rays. The Rays are always kind of there. They're good for 90 wins every season, no matter what. They turn guys into stars over there in Tampa without spending too much money. And they're just always kind of in the mix. Well, they lead the American League East with a 25-6 and record. But, Vinny, we knew the Tampa Bay Rays were going to be good. How could they be your number one most surprising team? Really? Really? You thought they'd be this good? That's not surprising to you at all? That's not. That doesn't make you feel dumbfounded, the fact that the Tampa Bay Rays are 25-6, and six, looking up and down their lineup. Wander Franco, superstar. Absolute guru. You might have seen the play that pissed a lot of older people off yesterday. He... Uh, he flips the ball in the air, catches it, and then throws it, and they get him at first. Major danger of looking like an idiot there, but he didn't look like an idiot. He actually looked sick because he got him out. And just all-around outstanding work from the Tampa Bay Rays. There's no reason they can't make a run for the American League and then potentially the World Series. So obviously people in Tampa Bay are going to want to be hearing people like me and other people who host podcasts and whatnot talk about their team all season long. I feel like it's one of the more disrespected franchises in all of baseball for what they do compared to the recognition they get. I mean, we should be talking about them the way people talk about the Yankees or the way people talk about the Mets or the Dodgers or the Cubs. The Tampa Bay Rays are everything the Chicago White Sox can't be because of money restrictions. Jerry Reinsdorf is a cheap wad. Well, the owner of the Tampa Bay Rays, I don't know if he's a cheap wad or he straight up can't afford to be, you know, what the Dodgers are, because Jerry Reinsdorf can be. He just chooses not to. But I don't know if that's the case in Tampa, but they have smart people leading the way. They don't need to hand out tons of $100 million contracts. They have handed out $100 million contracts. The only teams in the league that have yet to are the White Sox, the Royals, and the A's. But, you know, Tampa Bay, smart people. Hey, let's use computers. Let's use advanced statistics. Let's have good character examination. Like, it all stems into one thing. It's not it's not all advanced statistics. It's not all the eye test, old school way. It, it's a mix of everything, and Tampa Bay does well. There are flaws to the way they do things, I think. They took out Blake Snell in the World Series when he was at like 75 pitches because the computers told them that, hey, he's normally not that good. But you could just kind of tell it was different that day. And the eye, the eye test did tell you, like, hey, man, this guy's feeling it. Probably shouldn't pull him. And they pulled him anyway and ended up losing the game and the World Series. But, you know, outside of you know, maybe some mismanaging by Kevin Cash in that series, even though most people, including myself, don't believe that was his fault. The Tampa Bay Rays are one of the more, um, they're one of the more consistently smart teams in all of baseball. And no matter what the circumstances, no matter what players they lose, they trade Blake Snell, you know, they're probably going to end up trading Glasnow. I don't know how, what's going to end up of the rest of his career, but like they move on from guys and they find ways to replace them. And, you know, 
they're they're just smart and they're fun to watch and everybody should be tuning into Tampa Bay's Rays baseball. I don't think the fan base stinks. People talk about the fan base being crap because their stadium is, you know, not full every night. Well, guess what? Their stadium's not full because it's a I've heard I've never been to Tropicana, but I've heard it's a dump. I've heard it's hard to get to, and I've heard it's just easier to watch your team from home. If they played in the greater Tampa area, where I picture to be like the Amelie Arena, where the Tampa Bay Lightning played, if they played over there, I believe Tampa Bay is enough of a sports town where the Rays would sell out just just plenty. And everybody, you know, everybody gets on them for that, but, you know, maybe they will move to Montreal one day and the Expos will come back or, you know, something crazy happens. But I would like to see the Rays stay exactly where they are because they have just been a very admirable franchise for the last decade or so. All right. And I have an honorable mention. I did write down one, uh, the Miami Marlins, 16 and 15, second in the NL East. They're probably not going to be like a playoff team or anything like that. But I wanted to mention them as being a little bit better than I thought because a lot of people probably thought they would stink. They made the trade. They traded Pablo Lopez to the Minnesota Twins. He's on the mound against the White Sox right now. Um, They traded him for Luis Arise. And Luis Arise has been one of the best hitters in the league for the last handful of years. One of the top leadoff men, just pure contact hitter can hit 340 in any given season, just otherworldly bat to ball eye skills from Luis arise. And they have jazz Chisholm jr. And a bunch of other studs, Sandy Alcantara or Alcantara, however you say it, outstanding pitcher. So, you know, they signed Johnny Cueto. He got hurt after one inning. We'll see if he's able to help them at all this year, but I'm assuming he probably will be able to when he is healthy. But, man, I do like what the Marlins are doing and talking about Florida teams back-to-back, Tampa Bay Rays at one on my list, and then the Marlins as the honorable mention that I named. Um, all right, we're going to switch gears. It's going to get real stinky in here now. You know, we it smelled like roses during that first conversation, but right now it's about to get real stinky talking about the top five most disappointing teams in Major League Baseball. And I'm going to start off at number five. They're the only team on this list that's over 500, but I still consider them to be disappointing based on the way that they've played so far this season. It's the New York Yankees. The New York Yankees are supposed to be one of the top teams every year. They spend to the luxury tax threshold like nobody else's business. Okay, Aaron Judge had 62 home runs last year, an American League record. Um, You know, he's just – nobody expected Judge to hit 60 again. Like, I'll be damned if anyone hits 60 again within the next five years. I think someone will eventually because, you know, I never thought there'd be a 60-goal scorer ever again in the NHL, and there have been two in the last three years. Or No, there have been three in the last two years. Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, and David Posternock all had 60. And yeah, it's possible. And you know, I was wrong about that. I'll probably someone will hit sixty home runs again, but you know, it's not going to be judged this year, I don't think. And the Yankees at seventeen and fifteen, dead last in the American League East. Now I said the American League East could pump out every team being over five hundred and multiple playoff teams in the wild card. That's possible. But people expect the Yankees to be one of them. And even if they're over 500, but not good enough to be one of the teams making the playoffs, that would be to be considered not good enough from them. Top five most disappointing teams so far this season. Number four, the Cleveland Guardians. 
The Cleveland Guardians were the best team in the American League Central last year. I don't think there was any question about it. The White Sox gave them a run for their money towards the end of the season. The division race was close with about a week and a half remaining before the White Sox lost eight straight to end September. And the Guardians ran away with the division in the end. But I'll tell you what, I came into this year thinking the Guardians would possibly be even better. Well, 14 and 17, not good. Not good for the Cleveland Guardians. Now, the American League Central is really bad. So any team, the only team that's not alive in the AL Central anymore, in my opinion, is the Kansas City Royals. I think the other four teams all have a chance. Um, Cleveland, they might have a good chance, but at, through the first month of the season, there's no doubt the Guardians um, are one of the most disappointing teams in baseball. They've been floundering lately, and I'm honestly surprised to see it. I like the way they play. It's a pitching factory, Cleveland. They pump out good pitching like nobody's business. Then guys get older, they trade them for better offensive players, and they pump out new pitchers to replace them. It's just, it's a machine over there. They haven't won the World Series, you know, in the recent years with this ability that they have, but they came damn close in 2016. And I'm not sure they're going to come close anytime soon, but the Guardians are. They're not as good as I thought they would be up to this point in the season. Now, they may make me choke on my words by the time we reach October, and maybe it will be them and the White Sox battling out the division again, you know, just like it was last year after two the two teams each had a slow start. I mean, think about how bad the White Sox have been. Pretty bad, right? Terrible. Laughing stock of the league. If they hang on and win this game 2 nothing, they'll have three less wins than the Guardians. Woe is me. That could be made up in a week. Um... So, Guardians, disappointing, not happy with them. They stink. Number three, the Seattle Mariners. What? Why are they 14-16 and 16 in fourth place in the American League West? That roster should be set to compete for the playoffs for the next 10 years, and they suck. They just can't get it together. They've played a little bit better lately, and I do believe they will be in the race by the end of the season. But as of right now, they have to be mentioned on my top five most disappointing teams, the Seattle Mariners. I'll tell you what, 14 and 16, it's just not good enough. And they have good players. I think they will make a run at Shohei Otani. Um, I think with Ichiro's Japanese legacy there in Seattle and, you know, being one of the closer teams to the homeland of Japan, I do think they have a heavy presence in that area. So, you know, maybe they will make a good run at Shohei. I'm not sure he'll choose them over the Dodgers. But you just never know. I mean, I would have never thought he would choose the Angels over the Dodgers back when he was looking for teams when he was first coming over to America. So, you know, the Mariners, man, they better figure it out. Otherwise, the season's going to blow them by quickly. The Texas Rangers don't look like they're slowing down. They were on my top five most surprising teams. And the Houston Astros are still in their division as far as I can remember. And until the Angels fall off a cliff, they still do have Shohei Otani and Mike Trout competing in the division. I don't really think... Who am I missing in that division that sucks? Oh, the Oakland A's, one of the worst teams in baseball. Six wins I think they have right now. Like They're they're dead in the waters. They get like a 1,000 people showing up to their games. It's honestly crazy. Um, they're not a threat. But the other four teams, they're going to make it hard on Seattle. And we'll see if they're able to take advantage of this balanced schedule throughout the rest of the season. But right now they are the third most disappointing team in the world of Vinny. At number two, and this is where the list gets especially fun for Chicago Cubs fans. I think they're going to enjoy my one and two on the most disappointing teams list. Number two is the St. Louis Cardinals. P.U. Ew, the St. Louis Cardinals. I can't believe how nasty they've been. I look at that roster and I'm like, you really miss Albert Pujols and Yadier Molina, the 40-year-olds, that much? 
you relied on 40 year olds that that much in 2022 i i just can't believe it you have some of the best talent at first base and third base your two corner infielders hall of famers paul goldschmidt nolan arenado i mean you can't build around that this year like you're that pathetic that you are 10 and 21 they're 10 and 21 as i speak right now and guess what they're getting killed right now I believe. Let me let me get you a little score update right now. And the people, again, listening on Spotify and Apple, you'll think I'm funny because you'll already know the final score by the time you hear this. But, yeah, the St. Louis Cardinals are getting shellacked by Shohei Otani and the Angels, 11-7. to So, you know, there's still a chance for the Cardinals to come back. They've actually scored two runs in their most recent inning to kind of get back in the game, but still down by four in the seventh. Not a good look for the Cardinals. And if they hang on to lose this game, they will um they will have the worst record in the national league which is not good so and for a team like the st louis cardinals who have so much pedigree um not what you want to see from them now another team team playing on my tv right now just gave up a solo shot to carlos correa it is now two to one in their favor um they're trying to get off this list by sweeping their most hated rival and you know winning their fourth in a row hopefully but uh, the best player in the series just went deep. Um, the Chicago White Sox, they're the number one most disappointing team in Major League Baseball. Um, I can't believe what has happened to them, to be honest with you. In 2016, December 6th, three days before your boy's birthday, they wished me a happy birthday by sending Chris Sale to the Boston Red Sox in exchange for Johan Moncada, Michael Kopech, and two other less notable prospects. I'm like, okay. You know, I teared up a little bit. I'm going to miss Chris Sale, right? Well, Moncada, he's the number one prospect in baseball, and Kopech throws 100. He just needs to, you know, hone himself in a little bit. But they're both 19, 20. You know, they're going to be sick. Okay, they've both been okay at times. They've both been bad at times, um, especially Moncada. I think Kopech has a higher ceiling than Moncada now. But, and, you know, they both had some injury trouble. Tommy John for Kopech, Yoan out a certain amount of times. Um, they, they've been just bad. I, I like the Quintana for Cease and Jimenez trade. Everyone does. You know, Cub fans hate it. The White Sox fans love it. Um, Eloy went deep today. He's a really good hitter. Can't play the outfield worth shit. Can't stay healthy worth shit, really. Um, hopefully this is the year that he finally does a little bit. Uh, Dylan Cease was outstanding last year. Tough start to this year. We'll see if he's able to regain his form. I believe he will be able to. Um, but, you know, you you sign Luis Robert in free agency, the international free agent prospect pool. Um, you have Jose Abreu. Tim Anderson's one of your greatest draft picks in the history of the franchise. Um, you trade for Lance Lynn. He was outstanding when he first comes over. And then you don't do much else. You come so close to signing Manny Machado, you're finally going to take yourself off that list of teams that hasn't spent 100 mil. And then he ends up choosing the Padres. You know, we're stuck with Yonder Alonso and John Jay for that 2019 season. Then COVID takes out half of probably what was going to be the best year the team ever had. And in 2021, they were outstanding. There was no stopping them, especially in the first half. They even made guys like your mean Mercedes look like superstars and Jake Lamb and freaking Billy Hamilton and Brian Goodwin and stuff like that. So, but 2022 comes along. Obviously, there were some issues with Tony La Russa as the manager that season. 
Um, he was an okay manager in 2021, not so good in 2022. Um, then he leaves because he's sick, and they hire Pedro Grafal, and this season has just been terrible. Um, there's really not much to, else to say about it. Now, we talked about the Guardians in the AL Central. Well, if the White Sox win this game and they're six games out of first place, that's very doable. If they were in the AL East, they'd be toast. There would be a no competition the rest of the season. Start trading people and rebuild again. But I still think a rebuild again is certainly in the cards. It's on the table. But it's it's looking like the team is playing better. They feel better about themselves. And if they don't blow this game, they'll be in an okay spot as we enter the weekend. Um, but, yeah, that's my number one most disappointing team in the league so far. You can interchange one and two. Obviously, I'm biased. I don't really – I mean, I like the Cardinals. I actually really like the Cardinals, but they're nowhere near my love for the White Sox. And so I'm not as disappointed that they stink as I am that the White Sox stink. I will give an honorable mention to the other New York team, the New York Mets. Um, they have all this talent. Their owner, Uncle Steve, Steve Cohen, he's been everything you want wanted an owner, right? Like when Jerry Reinsdorf is no longer the owner of the White Sox, you can only hope they get a guy like Steve and Cohen to buy the team. Um, but they just, they're, they, they're still the Mets for some reason. They're 16 and 16 after losing today to the Detroit Tigers who are terrible. And the Tigers took the series, like the Tigers beat Verlander in his season debut, his Mets debut. Um, you know, and Verlander didn't pitch bad. He gave up two in the first inning and that was all he gave up the rest of the game. But the Mets didn't score a single run. They lost two zero. So, you know, the Mets will always met, um, We'll see what happens with them going forward. I don't think they'll stay as disappointing as they are. Them and the Yankees, the two New York teams that I named as part of the disappointing teams list. Um, I am not certain that they'll be this bad all season long, but I'm sure people in New York hope I'm right, that they won't be this bad for the whole season. So, yeah, those are the top five best and top five worst teams in terms of expectations coming into this year. I'll rattle them off really quick. Top five most surprising teams in a good way is in order. Tampa Bay Rays, Pittsburgh Pirates, Arizona Diamondbacks, Texas Rangers, Boston Red Sox, one through five. And then I named the Marlins as the honorable mention. And then the top five most disappointing teams in order. One, the Chicago White Sox, two, the St. Louis Cardinals, three, Seattle Mariners, four, Cleveland Guardians, five, New York Yankees. And then I gave the honorable mention to the New York Mets. Before we end the show today, I want to talk about somebody who I am really thankful that I get to be breathing at the same time as. And I've said this on this show very, very many times. I have his t-shirt. I, I'm pro I kind of want to get a jersey. Their City Connects are okay. I kind of might go City Connect just because I've been collecting them lately, although I don't have a White Sox one. Go figure. Um, but I really like City Connect jerseys. Uh, Shohei Otani, that is the greatest athlete in the world right now, male or female. And I could not believe that anymore if I tried. Connor McDavid is right there with him. He's right there with him, I think. And Patrick Mahomes is close. But Otani. He became the second player to ever have 500 career strikeouts as a pitcher and 100 home runs as a batter. The only other player to do it was George Herman Babe Ruth. And guess what? 
George Herman Babe Ruth didn't hit and pitch at the same time other than two years. Two years, that's it. His career with the Red Sox, he only pitched. His career with the Yankees, he only hit except two years he did both. Nobody does or did what Shohei Otani is doing or has done. Nobody, not even Babe. I'm sorry to say, you just look up the stats. I cannot believe when I saw that he has 500 strikeouts already and he's got 100 home runs as a batter, that is just absurd, absurd stuff. And he's he's one of a kind. And I, I couldn't be happier that like I, I get to live in a time where I get to look at my phone and get these Shohei Otani updates and watch him pitch whenever I'm able to tune into an Angels game. They play later at night, which is nice for me because I'm not watching the White Sox during that time. But it's just it's one of those things like he's must see TV. He is box office in the world of sports right now. And if if this is your first time hearing about Shohei Otani, well, first of all, get out of your rock. But second of all, I know you have, but maybe you should make a little bit more of an effort to tune into him because he will be amongst the Michael Jordans, the Tom Brady's, um, Wayne Gretzky's, Sidney Crosby, um, you know, whoever else, Barry Bonds, whoever else you want to name from whatever sport that was elite, like not elite, like super elite, like generational. That's Shohei Otani. I'm not sure we'll ever see anybody like him again. I know I've had conversations, plenty of conversations with people that think we will because more kids will try to do both as time goes on. But like so few people in the world are good at pitching to make it to the MLB. And so few people are good in the world to be good at hitting enough to be in the MLB. Like 0.0001% of the male population makes it to Major League Baseball. And I'm supposed to believe somebody else is going to come up and do both again? Like what? I'm not. I'm not too certain. I, I'll see it again in my lifetime. I hope I'm wrong. I hope there's a Shohei Otani to watch for the rest of my life. But right now, I'm enjoying the one that we have. Second player to ever have 500 home runs and 100 home or 500 strikeouts and 100 home runs in the career so far. Well, I mean, I'm sure he'll get a thousand strikeouts. I'm sure he'll hit two, three, 400 career home runs. He'll be in the hall of fame. He'll be a player. People remember forever, but you know, I just wanted to end the show talking about that absolute alien stud muffin, outstanding person. Um, and he's just such a cool dude too. I know he does. His English is getting better. He has his translator, the mo- probably the most famous translator in sports right now. I don't even know his name. How dare me? I I wish I knew his name offhand. He's just, he's got to be one of the most famous translators in the world because he's basically attached to the hip with one of the best players ever in any sport. Um, Trainers and Pedro Grafal out to talk to Eloy Jimenez after taking a big hack. You hate to see that, but I'm also not surprised that they are going back and he's fine and he's going to get back in the box, but um, need him healthy, need him healthy. Um, But yeah. That's our show. I hope everybody enjoyed my little rant today on the top five most surprising teams and the top five most disappointing teams in Major League Baseball up to this point. Um, It's fun to talk about. I'm going to keep these lists going. I enjoy these kinds of lists, and I'll have plenty of fresh ideas coming at you in the upcoming weeks. I hope you enjoy this stuff. Um, If there's anything you want listed from my opinion, my DMs are open on Twitter. I would love to, you know, I'm thinking like ballpark food items. Um, your typical stuff like that. Like this, this is just going to be an all baseball, all casual show all summer long. And I'm excited to bring it to you each and every Thursday at 2 PM. And 
I'll be doing more in-depth analysis of the Chicago White Sox with the South Burbs Hibman every Monday night. And, you know, that's where we get into the nitty gritty of breaking down the Chicago White Sox. Um, yeah, very excited for that. I hope Cub fans enjoy uh, Matt Mervis. They called him up and he's going to be playing with them soon. So I know that's been an issue. Uh, they obviously want um, Eric Hosmer kind of out of there. He stinks. But, you know, I thought Eric Hosmer has stunk for a couple years now. He really hasn't been good since going on the Padres. And then he was with the Red Sox to end last year. Um, not a big Eric Hosmer guy anymore, but you know, we'll see what Matt Mervis is able to do. I know Miguel Amaya had his first career at bat and his first career, um, um, what's it called? His first career RBI, his first career plate appearance, all that sort of good stuff today. So that's outstanding. I did get a correction sent to me. Um, the Tigers swept the Mets. The Mets didn't lose two or three of them. They didn't lose the series. They got swept. So. Shout out to the Mets, my honorable mention for the top five most disappointing teams. Nobody predicted that the Mets would be able to not get a win there in that game. So see what happens. I hope everybody enjoys today's show. Stay watching baseball. Stay watching the Barroom Network. We'll be back with you in the South Burbs Hitman Monday night, 8 p.m. And then by the time you see me again on Bar Down Talking Hockey next Wednesday, we will know where the Chicago Blackhawks are selecting in the 2023 NHL draft as the draft lottery is Monday night at 7 p.m., Connor Bedard is going to find out what city he's moving to. Whoever wins the lottery, he's going to start packing his bags and getting himself settled into that place. So it'll either be Columbus or Chicago or Anaheim or San Jose. Montreal's in the mix. I think Washington's in the mix. Um, lots of teams in the I don't think I know Washington's in the mix. There are lots of teams that are hoping to get that guy, and I cannot wait to break down what he's going to look like in whatever uniform he's going to go in. Period one of next week's show. We're in the middle of playoffs, and I think we're going to dedicate a whole period to breaking down what Connor Bedard might look like in his new uniform and who he might play with and who's going to be his coach and how he fits into their systems. I'm so, so excited for that show. It's probably the most excited I've been for a show in a very long time. Uh, not really. I'm excited for every show. But make sure you read all the work. Fansided.com, the Windy City for Chicago sports, Southside Showdown for the White Sox, um, Black and Teal for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Puck Pros for my all NHL, and I'm missing one. Pucks and pitchforks for all my New Jersey Devil stuff. I hope everybody has a great day. Enjoy the weekend. Nice weather. Stay safe. As always, thank you for listening.